Good morning and welcome to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela and we exchange conversation, great conversation every Thursday from 11 to 1. And today's show is entitled Sculpting the Body and Taming the Mind. Self-discipline. What does that word mean to all of you? Self-discipline is one of those things that so many of us desperately struggle with. It takes discipline to change our lives, to grow to new heights, to be the best version of ourselves possible. Life transformation is a physical, mental, and spiritual process, a process that that today's guest knows all too well. While following a passion for pushing herself to the greatest capacity through competitive sports, including triathlons and marathons and all of those things that we think are really difficult to do, which are difficult to do, she's learned invaluable lessons about herself and life's possibilities. Today, we'll discuss the limitless possibilities of the body, the mind, and the spirit. Today, I'm joined by a fierce competitor who will share the secrets of her own self-discipline and life transformation, Dr. Shauna Payne Gold. Gold. (laughs) Dr. Shauna Payne Gold, let me enunciate, educator at the University of Maryland and founder of Shiro Athletics. And here, um, later in the show, we'll be joined by another young lady who we'll, we'll introduce later. We'll be discussing body transformation, exercise addiction, self-discipline, and how exercise impacts your sex life. As always, we've got some trending topics to discuss, research to dish, and of course, my weekly balance challenge. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on The Live Exchange. Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and I must introduce our amazing guest, um, Dr. Shauna Payne Goal. Let me tell you, I keep saying Goal. <laughs> I don't know why I'm messing up your name. It's not like it's hard to say. <laughs> let, me, let me quickly introduce you. Dr. Shauna Payne Gold is, is multifaceted as a higher education administrator at the University of Maryland, a profes- professorial lecturer at the George Washington State University, and as the founder and owner of Shiro Athletics, LLC. Shauna shed 70 plus pounds five years ago between the births of her sons. As a result, she is now a two-time Ragnarian, three-time marathoner, triathlete, adult learn-to-swim certified instructor, a U.S. Masters swimming certified coach, and an Ironman 7.3 finisher, all in the last five years, y'all. Most recently, Shauna was selected by the women by the Women for Tri Foundation of Ironmen as a regional ambassador. Women's Health magazine has also recognized Shauna as a Women's Health Action Hero 2017, and Shauna is a monthly contributor to Crush Fitness magazine. Shauna merges her love of diversity and inclusion research and scholarship with athletics by constantly encouraging people of color to live healthy and learning to swim as a basic life skill. You can follow Shauna's Facebook page at Shiro Athletics LLC and on Instagram at Shiro Athletics. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Shauna. How are you doing? Good morning, good morning. I am uh, less than two weeks out from my 70.3, so I'm still Woo! recovering, but in a great mood. It's great weather here in Maryland, so I'm uh, I'm recovering slowly but surely. I love it. Okay, so everybody's not going to know what's meant by 70.3. I got to know because I got to witness the pictures and, and, and part of that journey. Can you <laughs> tell everybody what was that and what did it entail? 
Sure. Well, Ironman has uh, various uh, distances that you can compete in, whether it's a full Ironman of 140.6 miles, which I will wait on at this point, <laughs> but um, I am considered a half Ironman, which means uh, that I covered 70.3 miles of distance back-to-back. Um, so that breakdown is 1.2 miles swimming, 56 miles cycling, and then a half marathon run at the end of 13.1 miles. My goodness. At the end. <laughs> wow. Yeah, at the end. <laughs> wow. That is just amazing. And and I, you know, obviously we're going to need to know the whole story. So we'll get, you know, we'll get it all together by the end of this, by the end of the show. Um, but right. is this the sort of the, uh, the highest level of competition you've done thus far? Or is it just kind of consistent? Has this been kind of the norm? Yeah, well, you know, what fascinates me about just working with the Ironman company in general is that, you know, you have those elite athletes that are, you know, breaking their necks. They're at the ridiculous speeds that seem kind of superhuman. But, you know, when I look even at the last finishers of all these races, you know, who do you know that can do any type of cardio activity for more than eight hours straight? You know, there there are not too many people that can do that. And so, you know, I really feel like all of these folks are at a different level. And I wouldn't necessarily say physically at a different level either. I think, yes, physically to a point, but mentally, these are people. These are people that are just stubborn. You know, they're stubborn in a good way. They they don't give up on anything. Um, we even joke uh, within a lot of my circles that we talk about how Ironman triathlon should really be like on your resume, on your CV, Absolutely. because some of the attributes that come along with the competition. There are things that people would want to have. You know, they would want to have someone that uh, knows how to see something through to the end. They would want to have someone that uh, knows how to pivot around challenges and still overcome major obstacles. They would still want all of these different skill sets. And so I think it's it's more mental than physical, although physical is a a huge part of it. Absolutely. And, yes, it sounds like there are so many other – things, you know, life applications. And that's one of the reasons why I Mm. intentionally brought in the topic from just, you know, exercise and athletic competition to life transformation, because it seems that this is, you know, one in the same, that that's life transformation inevitably happens, or does life transformation cause one to be able to compete at this level? Mm, yeah, I, I think it's a both and because I think there there is a mindset where you have to make up your mind that you are going to change yourself. You know, whatever mm-hmm. that self is at the moment, you have to make a decisive change in your life and then it progressively goes from there. Right. So, you know, when I made a decisive change to say, look, I'm tired of being heavy, I'm tired of clothes being too tight, I'm tired of, you know, not being able to carry laundry up a set of stairs without being out of breath. Once I decided that, then everything else kind of followed. So I didn't okay. wake up five years ago and say, oh, let's do an Ironman this yes. weekend. Um, <laughs> but it was more so, you know, <laughs> it was more so a thought of, you know, how do I make incremental changes that will lead wherever it goes? I and it. I didn't know at that time that it was going to lead to an Ironman. I, I, all I wanted to do, my big goal was to do a 5K run. I just wanted to do 3.1 miles, mm-hmm. continuous without stopping, and that was my big goal at the time. Wow. And, wow. you know, I made that decision. That was my first decision. And so after I completed the 5K, it just went on and on and on from there. 
Wow. So, I'm still in the process of trying to figure out where this is going where exactly. Is it going? But, wow. Well, yeah. And I and I think it's great because somebody like me will not have the small goal. I'll I'll be watching the Olympics and and think, wow, why can't I do that? You know. <laughs> and so, exactly. Start small. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna get exactly. in. skip from A to Z. Yes, that, that's my big problem. So. <laughs> All right. We're gonna get into some trending topics. Primary election. Lack of diversity. Gas prices. Michael Jackson. Trending topics. All right, so trending this week, big, big, big news. Um, Our president has demanded that NFL players, um, NFL owners, I'm sorry, NFL owners fire players who peacefully protested during the playing of the national anthem at at a rally in Huntsville, Alabama. So that happened um, over the weekend, which it seems like that happened forever ago because it's been point of conversation all week. Um, and there has been, um, and basically, and, and I, I didn't even say it all, it's, um, he even went as far as calling those who have protested SOBs. Um, if you don't know what that is, Google it. Um, and and I love that Kaepernick's mom kind of jumped in and said, well, I guess I'm a proud B, you know, because if you're, you know, if you're going to call me names, I'm proud. So, and, and Sean, right. please feel free to jump in at any time, you know, with any of this. Um, but... The question on the table has been, should players in any league be subject to punishment if they protest during the national anthem? Well, if we want to speak legally, because the problem with all these conversations is nobody's looking at what is actually in our Constitution. It's emotion. Oh, no, you're offending me. Okay, that's fine. What's in the Constitution? And are we following that? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And well, and you know, what's interesting about it is that, you know, we've kind of thrown patriotism, you know, as a blanket over what's really going on here. Right. Because, you know, I really like the fact that, I, well, let me preface this by saying that I'm not a very symbolic person. Let me put that out there. Okay. So, you know, if I'm not going to purposefully disrespect a flag. However, you know, if I'm standing at the beginning of a race where they always play the national anthem, someone might have to remind me to turn around and face the flag because, <laughs> oh, the national anthem. Is on. Okay, no disrespect. It's just not at the top of mind. Like Simone um, Biles however, in the Olympics. She didn't have her hand over her right, heart. It wasn't exactly. in protest. It was just, yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, so let me preface it by saying that. However, the challenge becomes that a lot of peripheral conversations are being drug in as a connection to patriotism. So, for example, yes. I get really challenged when our military are brought into this conversation saying that, oh, well, now you're disrespecting not only the flag but our military, our entire country. Well, wait a minute. Let's be clear that most military will tell you that they fought for the right for everyone to protest or to support the flag when it waves. So that is your choice. And so I think the big challenge is that protest, if it doesn't agree with your value set, is a problem. When in fact, protest can be in lots of different forms. And so I think we're we're missing the point. I, I always say efforts in missing the point. Um, we're missing the point here because, you know, are we going to talk about patriotism or are we going to talk about the reasons behind exactly. why Kaepernick got on one knee and also who advised him to do so? You oh, know, I just read yes, a couple of articles that about that as well. So that's extremely important to add to the dialogue. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm glad that it's being added. We have to go to a break um, and we come back. Um, we'll we'll delve into some more stuff and stuff can mean a lot of things so just come back and you'll find out what that is we'll be right back on the live exchange Welcome back to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. I've got a new addition in the 
office, in the office, in the studio. <laughs> we have Miss Danelle Porche, and she is the mastermind artist, creative person behind SOAR. Yes. With three S's. Yes. Tell us what SOAR is. Oh my gosh, I will somehow, in some way, with some effort, overcome all rifts, rifts, meaning that hurt, that pain, that anger, that grief, that wrath, so you can heal. Oh. You gotta I get through. She was doing a poem for oh, us. Oh God! <laughs> Somebody else said it. I was just like, no, that's that's the description. That's the description. <laughs> Got it. Somehow, some way, somewhere. Yeah. Somehow, some way, somewhere. That effort. That's some effort. Find that effort that you you need to find your healing. I love it. Yes. And it's so fitting because on the phone we have Dr. Shauna Payne Goal who has somehow, some way, somewhere figured out how to lose 70 plus pounds in five, five years and become all these <laughs> things I just read. I don't even remember all of it, but oh uh, you know, Iron Man and Marathoner and oh my. swimming instructor for oh. you know, just amazing, amazing. <laughs> Teach me, oh wise one, please. Because I'm, I'm going through my, my, my physical transformation. I've just started you know, working on and I'm just like Okay, what am I doing? So, yes, teach me, please. <laughs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> Isn't that the first step, Shauna, mm-hmm. just wanting to be taught, wanting to learn, wanting to get there? Making up your mind that you are ready to begin the process, absolutely. Oh, uh, so what happened in you? What made you make up your mind and say, okay, I'm going to do this? Mm, yeah, for me it was... Knowing that I had this little boy, I had this little person that I was responsible for, Mm. um, and I realized the majority of the people in my family were either already diabetic or pre-diabetic, and we received an insurance letter that said that, unfortunately, they wouldn't underwrite my husband's life insurance at that time. Now we're fine, but then that wasn't the case. And when I thought about it, I'm thinking to myself, I must be like the most irresponsible human being on the planet to bring a child into this world Mm. that may not have a parent if we both don't shape up and literally and figuratively shape up. So, you know, for me, that was kind of the awakening moment. Um, And so for me, that was that moment where I said, okay, I cannot be irresponsible by bringing someone in the world that I'm not going to be able to stick around for to take care of. And I think for me, you know, I think a lot of people have a a similar awakening moment or, you know, I don't want people to get to a place where they have to have that critical incident situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But if that's what it takes for people to make that first decision, hey, listen to it, pay attention to it. My fear is that uh, if folks do have that awakening moment, they don't pay attention to it and they continue down the same path. I would prefer for people to really pay pay attention to it, and then they can start making these incremental changes. So, you know, once again, Dr. Pamela, we're not going to the Olympics, but we're, we're going to make a decision. I don't know. You know, that we're going to make it. <laughs> let, let me get my tickets for the Summer Olympics for you. <laughs> I love, no, but that's good. That's great. And, and, you know, and I know that, you know, once you make the decision, because a lot of us, a lot of us make I don't know, maybe we can't call it making a decision, but a lot of us say, you know what, we're going to do it. You right. know, it is New Year's Day. <laughs> I'm Top gonna, of January. Oh, right. yes. <laughs> I'm going to make That's a change. Those Januarians. I call them Januarians. Januarians. <laughs> I got myself a trainer. What was your method? What did you, what was the very first step? When did you dip your toe in the water, so to speak? Yeah. Um, what was that first moment when you actually began? 
Oh, it was ugly. It was so ugly. (laughs) It was so ugly. Well, I had no excuse because I had a treadmill in my basement. Okay. And so even if I was too ashamed or too embarrassed to go outside of the house or any of that, I had a treadmill in my basement. And so I started there saying, okay, I'm going to get up, you know, maybe an hour earlier and I'm going to get on my treadmill and I'm just going to walk however long, however Mm. far I get in 30 minutes. That's what I'm going to do. And I started walking. And it was embarrassing because I would have lots of friends who were either runners or they were starting to run. And, you know, you would see all their cute selfies out there, you know, doing their thing. And I'm like, well, I want a cute selfie, too. And, you know, for me, it was embarrassing because I did not feel comfortable enough to go out there and run or even walk with other people because I felt so self-conscious. And so I spent probably the first year and a half, two years just by myself on the treadmill. Okay. Before I got connected with anybody else outside of my home. Okay. Wow. Do you know, I appreciate you sharing that you start, I I don't want to say small because that's not the appropriate word to use, but to be able to start and start in a way to where it honors and supports you um, advancing and progressing Mm -hmm. forward. And so, because I've actually gone back to actually think about my thoughts that I'm thinking about this training because I've trained before. Um, the producer knows that I was like twice a day and one day and stuff like that, but I was coming from a space of more hurt. Okay. So now I'm, I'm offering a space for myself where it's coming out from a, a loving space. Mm. So for me, I, you know, the question I have for you, did you have to look at your thought pattern? As far as you stepping out and making that choice, making that decision, the commitment to continue to honor yourself in your your training. So that's that's my question that's to you. Good. Did you did you look at that at all um, as you where you're at now and then when you originally started? So that's my question. Metacognition. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. When mm-hmm. I when I first started out, you know, well, I have always thought I'm cute. Okay, let's just put it that way. I was cute. <laughs> but which she is. But <laughs> I was not I, physically I just was not there. And so for me it was less of the uh physical self-consciousness, but more so the lack of discipline that comes with that motivation. And what I mean by that is, you know, those of us, especially those of us that have terminal degrees and education and all these other things that we went through to get to the top of our career, well, all that stuff took a lot of discipline. So, you know, it took motivation. It took, you know, times in which you did things that you didn't feel like doing, those late nights and early mornings writing those papers and, Mm -hmm. you know, connecting with your classmates and the, the people that you didn't even know if they wanted you to be in that study group or not, but you just busted up in there and you're in the study group. <laughs> anyway. so that's motivation and confidence. You know, yes, all does. of these transferable um, ideas about ourselves that I had to get me through a doctorate, and I was feeling very embarrassed mm. as if those same techniques did not apply to my health and fitness. Mm, and wow. so I had to start thinking to myself, like, for example, in my doctoral program, at first I thought, okay, I really don't belong here. I'm a first-generation college student from down in Southern Virginia that I'm now studying in D.C., and I really don't know what in the world I'm doing. And I later learned in my academic process that, no, I do belong here, and I am right. smart enough. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know something, I have access to it. Same thing with my physical fitness. Wow. I had to get to a place of belonging, uh-huh. um, of a place where I knew I had the discipline and the motivation to get it done. And even as I was standing there at the start line for 70.3, I wasn't quite sure I fit in, but clearly I did because here we are. So 
that that's where I am at the moment with that self-love and thought process. I love it. Oh, that's so, so beautifully said. And so many transferable skills, you know, that I love it. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about the research on exercise addiction. So stay with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> In the interest of science, 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 science. Okay, so today's science is brought to you by Red Door Consulting. Red Door Consulting is a boutique management consulting firm that prides itself as an innovative leader in brand development. Tarshish Jordan, the owner, is an amazing, um, she's very passionate about branding and marketing, very knowledgeable, has an entire menu of services and workshops that she can bring to your organization. Um, so contact Red Door Consulting, that is www.reddoorconsulting8.com. That's the number eight, reddoorconsulting8.com. Also brought to you by Heavenly Helpers Assistance. Do you need assistance for yourself or your loved ones? Call on Heavenly Helpers Assistance. They have uncompromising excellence, commitment to care. Go to heavenlyhelpersassistance.com for more information. All right, so today's research is looking at exercise addiction um and and we don't hear about this a whole lot right we we talk about gym heads and and what are the gym rats or whatever you mm -hmm. know and we talk about people who they're always in the gym and they're always um working out where is it um you know where's the line between being healthy having a healthy fitness exercise lifestyle versus an addiction mm -hmm. well the key thing about addiction is usually that there's something your life is negatively impacted and you're not able to function mm -hmm. um, because of this thing that you have to do so whether it's alcohol whether it's sex whether it's exercise um, no matter what it is if it's something that is negatively impacting your life socially physically in some kind of way that is an indication that it may be an addiction but according to this article here it's um, written by Ray Cornell master's um, MA, MA. Um, <laughs> exercise addiction is a compulsive disorder in which a person feels the uncontrollable need to exercise excessively. It goes beyond simple enjoyment of exercise and often results in injury or illness. So now it's having a negative impact mm -hmm. on your life. Like other behavioral addictions, a person must demonstrate most of the following symptoms to be considered as suffering from exercise addi addiction. So there's seven of them here. There is loss of control. So mm -hmm. the inability to control the urge of exercise. So you've just got to do it. Wow. Can you imagine? I know. <laughs> um, number two is continuance. Continuing to exercise even in the presence of injuries, physical problems, psychological issues, or interpersonal problems. We see this a lot with wow. professional athletes. Yeah. Um, I've heard, I was just talking to somebody this weekend who was saying that sometimes the athlete will hide the, the injury so mm -hmm. that they can still compete. Um, intention effects. Going beyond the original intended duration, frequency, intensity of exercising without meaning to do so. Wow. Um, time. Spending a great deal of time engaging in, planning for, thinking about, like obsessing over oh. this exercising. Your face, facial expressions are priceless. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 
Really? <laughs> There's three more. Reduction in other activities, spending less time in social, occupational, or other situations as a result of di- a direct result of exercise. Um, tolerance, needing to exercise more often for longer durations or at higher intensity to feel the desired effect than you originally did. But I thought that was normal. So I want to hold on and put a pin in that one, um, Dr. Shauna, because I thought that's just what happened. And then the next one, the last one is withdrawal, feelings of irritability, restlessness, or anxiety after a period without exercise. So like withdrawal, like you don't get that crack anymore. And now you're messed up. So I am shocked. (laughs) So what? (laughs) Yes. Exercise addiction. Thoughts and 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 Shana, I would love to hear what you have to say about this as well. Yeah, the, this is really interesting because I'm thinking to myself, oh my god! Like almost every <laughs> uh, all two thousand of those people that towed the line at Ironman Maryland or Ironman Atlantic City, that sounds like all of us. Oh god! I mean that that sounds like what we went through in order to get to that start point, uh-huh. um, which is fascinating to me. However, I also know that there's downtime. You know, there's True. time that we do take away from our families. And uh, a lot of my friends who uh, completed their races this year, they literally had a list of things that they were going to do the moment that the race was over that had nothing to do with exercise and fitness. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and so I think that's a healthy balance. Yes. Um, but, you know, when it becomes a detriment to your entire life, you're exactly right. There, there is an addiction going on um, if you don't see any relief. So, for example, you know, we had seven months of training prior to our race. If that level of training continued on forever and ever and ever with no break, that would truly constitute an addiction in my mind. No break until your body forces you to even, you know, because at some point something's going to (laughs) happen. Well, and, you know, but that's a good point in and of itself, too, because those of us that are into endurance, uh, endurance racing, whether it's swimming, what have you, we have a certain line that we flirt with quite a bit okay. because we, we know the pain of certain distances, but is that the pain of an injury or just the pain of the long suffering of endurance racing, for right, example? Right. You know, I know the difference between going out here right now and running 10 miles versus, oh, my hip is going to fall off. Those are, that's two different types of pain. <laughs> right. um, but if you don't have determination between the two, then you can get yourself into trouble. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. To me, it sounds like it's, it's again, being aware of where you are at in your process yes. because yes. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say dumbfounded, but just <laughs> the addictions that can be even associated with something that I think is being constructive and positive mm-hmm. and how there can still be a slippery slope right. and it become more destructive. Yeah. Like, you know, I just, well, and, and anything, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't think of anything that if you do too much of, in a in a compulsive way that that can be good for you, you right? Know? I mean, sex is wonderful, but there, <laughs> there is a yes. there's a point at which yeah. it can become an addiction, and right. not just because you like to do it a lot, but it's the addiction is when it starts to negatively impact your life, and you're willing to sacrifice anything to very do it. True. Yeah, you very know? true. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And now there is some there is some disagreement among the scholars about what actually constitute sexual. I mean, sex. Now I'm talking about oh. sex, not sexual. <laughs> <addiction>. <laughs> 
See where your mind is at. (laughs) Where your mind is at. Mind thoughts. Focus. Back on track. (laughs) Exercise addiction. Yes. So there is some disagreement about what actually, you know, constitutes exercise addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because as like the one, the point with tolerance, needing to exercise more often for longer location, durations, or at higher intensity, um, somebody may say, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's a sign of addiction. Um, I think the key word here, though, as I'm reading it again, tolerance is needing to, um, you know, exercise more often um, for longer durations or higher intensity. Uh, you know, I guess that need is probably what makes it. But isn't okay? Like, what if it's like something in your in your path in your experience where you it's it's necessary for you to do for me it's like defining the need like is it a need where oh my gosh i'm gonna die and it's again it's a negative experience or is it you get what i'm saying like i think it's a mental if you don't you don't if you don't feel you're worthy you don't feel like you're worth it right if you don't do it harder or faster or longer so it it gets back to your thoughts like what is it that you're actually what is driving you to do this yeah other than you know health reasons so but what's driving you like what's underneath yeah that is it low self-worth or is it yeah that's a good point that's that's a good point great okay well we're we're gonna come back and then um we're gonna look at myths about body transformation and uh so stay with us on the live exchange All right, welcome back. The balance challenge for this week. So I want you all to do something different, do something new this this week. So I am a terrible creature of habit. (laughs) So whatever it is that I do when I work out, I want to do the same thing. I don't want anybody to bother me. I don't want anybody to tell me to go faster. I don't want anybody to tell me to put put the, what do you call it, the the, uh, elevation up. No, I'm going to do what I'm doing. It's working for me. It's always worked. So I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) This week, I want you and myself included to do something different. Get on, if you're a gym rat like myself, get on a different different piece of equipment. Um, If you are a gym rat, try something different. Go outside. Go outside. There's options. (laughs) There are things to do outside. Find a new sport. Find a new, but I challenge you this week, um, if you usually exercise three days a week, try five. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on this new thing where I'm trying some stuff. So that's my challenge for you this week is to try something different. Stretch yourself beyond your comfort zone. I love it. (laughs) Anything to add to that? Either of you? That's good stuff. I mean, for me, it's it's like alternatives. You have choices in everything that you do. And so it's just like, bring some, like some just loving to yourself in a different way. So yeah. Dr. Shauna, anything? Anything? Oh, oh. oh my goodness, that, that's amazing. I mean, you know, for me, it's always the little things. So, like, you know, if you run a mile in in 12 minutes, try doing it in 11.45. You oh. know, try doing it in 25. Oh. You know, whatever it takes. But make those small changes. You know, for me, when I first started running, it was, okay, you've ran down to the third house. Try running down to the fourth. Ooh. You know, those small changes to push those you out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we come back. Thank you. 
All right, welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and um, it, it sounds like we should have Janelle do a little spoken word set with this music. I love it. Okay. Love it. Love it. <laughs> we have. We are talking about life transformation, sculpting the body, taming the mind. It's a two-tier thing. You can't really sculpt the body without taming the mind, and and when you tame the mind, you transform your life. So we have joining us on the phone, Dr. Shauna Payne Gold, who is um, founder of Shiro Athletics, educator. Um, competitor, and we have sitting next to me Danelle Porche, founder of Soar. Yes. And um, and so well, before the break, um, we were talking about the Balance Challenge, which is to challenge yourself to do something different. Um, but I, we were also talking about this concept of exercise addiction. And um, and what I didn't say is that there are two types of exercise addiction. One is primary exercise addiction, and this is. Um, People who they, it's not connected to psychological or behavioral conditions. It's just you're just compulsively exercising. Mm-hmm. Secondary exercise condition does um, is is in conjunction in conjunction with another disorder like anorexia, um, having a pre a, a preoccupation with self image, um, pre pre uh, a preoccupation with being perfect. Being mm-hmm. overly concerned with rules and what other people think, um, so so the, that's the secondary exercise addiction, and it's considered to be a little bit more extreme than than the primary. Um, but Dr. Shauna, you were talking about um, you, you had mentioned FOMO. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I find that you know a lot of people do over exercise because they're trying to use it as social hour, you know, uh-huh. and so. <laughs> We, we do have those gym rats like like myself sometimes that stand around and we talk to somebody. But I'm talking about running additional miles or uh, swimming longer or hanging out on the bikes more and doing double the mileage that you need to do because you want to be affiliated with a particular group. Mm. I see it happen over and over and over again. Wow. People that don't train for marathons, but then they register for them, they put all their money on the line, and then they go out there and, and get close to killing themselves Yikes. trying to cover 26.2 miles because oh. their girlfriends are doing it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> This happens often, and now for me, I I love myself a little bit too much to go out there and run 26 points for anybody, but there truly are some people who consider it their social hour, and so they will do more than what's necessary in order to be affiliated with other people. Wow. That is so interesting. So it's led by a social acceptance is is that correct? I mean, I'm just, I, like. you know, that used to bother me because I'd go and work out and I'm like, yo, stop standing around. Don't talk to me. <laughs> right, Let me get into right. my business and finish it because I'm trying to finish. <laughs> oh, I'm trying absolutely. to breathe. And I am. And I am the worst at that in January, which I just need the Lord to work on me because I know in January <laughs> memberships go up yes, and people are starting their New Year's resolutions and so forth. And I'm not mad about that. But for those of us that are, you know, kind of the year round gym rats, we have to <laughs> kind of work and maneuver around the new folks, which, you know, I, I pack my patience, hopefully. But, you know, you have to maneuver around the folks that they want to have these long drawn up conversations and I don't oh. know about most people but I work out at 5 o'clock in the morning Ooh. I don't want to have a conversation with anybody no. I don't care how wonderful you are No, I want to get in and get out and get it done so yeah, yeah I, and I don't I I'm not a fan of conversation during working out at all. I mean, I, I am already an introvert, and that is my introverted moment to be able to be on treadmill, whatever <laughs> I'm on, and, and I'm writing books in my head. I'm fantasizing about things. Like, I cannot ha- – I don't want people interrupting me. <laughs> yeah, I, for me, it's like a connection. For me, it's like um, – 
just a set for the day when because I know again I'm getting back into my routine mm-hmm. and and figuring out with the life that I have now because prior to I had a different life I was single you know just it was all about me but then things have blossomed things mm-hmm. grow and so um, finding that balance but for me it's, it's a connection for me it's an alignment it's me um, I'm, I'm consorting which for me is higher spirit you know mm-hmm. so I, yeah. it's just I do you know, some of that too a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I get like different maybe you might get yeah. visu- uh, visualization sometimes yeah. you know just just different things but yeah I feel you on that <laughs> that's that's interesting um, and one of the things that you mentioned also before the break Jana was that um, you know c- when you're pushing yourself you know instead of running to the fifth house I'll run to the sixth house or or something like that and and that is I do that a lot you know I say okay I'm gonna go 10 minutes running straight and you know for me that's a huge accomplishment <laughs> and then I'll walk you know right. and so when when do, do you find that that helps um in general because it's something I do without it without having read it or anything it's just what I do is that a strategy mm-hmm. that's that's pretty common yeah, I, I would say it's it's very common for me and very common for the people that I train with that, you know, there's always this looking for the next thing, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Let's look okay. for the next thing, whether it's the going from the third house to the fourth house down the block or, you know, we rode 30 miles on the bike this week. We want to run, we want to ride 35, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be, there's always this push to the next thing. Right. Um, one of the things that we laugh about often is that, you know, everybody thinks that an Ironman 140.6 is the longest distance of endurance athleticism when actually it's not. They actually have ultra Ironmans that go even further than that distance. And, and so it seems like <laughs> we are kind of addicted to the pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zone once we find it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that should be something that many of us adopt, though, is how do we push ourselves out of the comfort zone? You know, I remember yes. when three miles was a huge stretch for me, and now it's relatively common for me, but I had to work up to that point. Right. That, that did not happen from day one. And so you only go further if you push further. Exactly. So then, so, so you got 30 seconds, but what's the line between pushing harder and, and being addicted? I I think that, you know, there needs to be a decision-making process between pushing harder but also knowing what's important in life. Mm. So, yeah, I probably would love to get an uh, extra two or three miles in, but if that means I'm going to be late for my son's program, then that's just going to have to wait. That's a great Someone who's addicted would go ahead and get those extra miles. That is Mm. a great example. Okay. Well, stay with us. We'll be right back. And this time we are going to talk about myths about body transformation. Stay with us on The Light Exchange. Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and uh, we're talking about life transformation, sculpting the body, taming the mind. Give us a call if you have any questions, comments, you'd like to interject some way, shape, or form. You can call us or text us at 678-613-5857. That's 678-613-5857. You can either call or text and you can also leave us comments on the live Facebook um, broadcast, and uh, we'll comment back and answer your questions, anything you have. So there is a, um, an article um, from Body Transform, and it talks about myths of body transformation. And I think a lot of us, um, because we don't get formal training and formal education unless we seek it out Mm -hmm. um, about how to actually transform our bodies. And so I'm going to go through a couple of them here and I actually, I'm going to stop in between each one. But um, the first one, um, as long as I'm exercising, 
it doesn't matter as much. Oh, wait, wait, wait. As long as I'm exercising, it doesn't matter how much um, I eat mm. um, or what. It, it doesn't matter how. Uh, oh, gosh, I'm really messing this up. It doesn't matter what I eat. Like, so what I eat really doesn't matter as much as long as I'm exercising. True or false? Oh, Ooh, child. No. <laughs> no way. Nowhere, not at all. And, and you know, I'll give you great examples of this, too, where, you know, I've, I have some folks that I know of that have actually gained weight training for a marathon, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, you would think that you're, you know, you would be melting like butter. Right. But, you know, when you're eating more than, than you're burning, then that makes a huge difference. So, no, so the, not even close to being true. <laughs> and that's what I understand. The recipe is, and this is just for weight loss. This isn't for blood pressure, diabetes, for another for right. weight loss, it's the the ratio to calories to ca- uh, calories consumed to calories burned. Right. So you burn more calories than you consume, you lose weight. Doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy, but that's the weight loss formula. Right. Is that am I understanding that correctly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. And and what happens is that you know folks assume that oh well I must have burned 500 calories on this run, but I'm going to go and have a 2,000 calorie meal. That's not how this works. It just went out the window. (laughs) Gone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good one. Um, The more I exercise, the more body fat I will lose. Now, for me, I don't know if that's true or not. Because my interpretation, because again, in my... I'm a nurse, you know, there's several things that I do, but I never, it has been explained to me that you never actually use, lose the fat cells. They just shrink. So I don't know. I, as well as you, you know, lose weight or as you're transforming your body. So yeah, that whole like concept of losing the actual fat cells, you know, hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. I put that out there. I don't, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I think they shrink versus do they actually they get disappear? gone? What do you think, Shauna? That's a good question. Well, I don't know if they, I don't know if they're actually gone because I'm not an expert in this area, mm-hmm. but what's interesting is that, you know, once again, we're exercising, but we may be building muscle, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are some of us who dip down and we lose a certain amount of fat, but then we gain muscle after that. Yes. Um, so, you know, when I was training, this, this is way back in the day, um, when I was getting ready to compete in Miss Virginia. Well, I dropped from 175 down to 135, but I looked my best at 150 mm. after I had gained some muscle. So, okay. And I was still you know, consistently exercising, so I, I don't have a clear answer to that one, but you may be gaining muscle. And that's a really mm. good point for people like me who are scale obsessed, you know, because you I, scale obsessed? I'm scale obsessed. So I know when I was a certain, like I knew what weight I was when I fit into all the clothes that are in my closet that I can't fit into now. Okay. So I'm just determined. Let me just get back to that weight and everything will be all right. And, um, and I, you know, and I do know, I mean, I realize that it's not always about what's on the scale. Um, well, so yeah, cause yeah. it's like, Oh, being aware because I, Again, from what I've observed and seen and practiced and everything else, your muscle is heavier right. than, than fat. So, right. so as you're transforming, you know, you might put on weight, yeah. but the scale might be kind of skewing your perspective. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'll just be happy if I can fit in the jeans again. But I just... <laughs> if you have but like I... a big, wad like muscle, you know, you might not fit, but it, you know, might be a little tight. But again, yeah. your your transforming your body right so, mm, right good stuff well yeah 
<laughs> and I've had to accept some things like, okay, now, not that I've given up or anything, but I've also, I also acknowledge that I look good as I am now. So it's more of an obsession that I want to get back in those clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying a whole new wardrobe. When I went and bought pants that are the size I wear now, I looked pretty awesome in them. So I'm like, okay. That's so <laughs> that's all that matters. What do I need to do? Good. Do I need to keep go. trying to squeeze in the old exactly. ones or just. <laughs> Embrace so, what's new. Right, right. So, you know, just because I do this show, I mean, I'm perfect now. I got some, you know, stuff I'm working through just like oh, everybody yeah. else. <laughs> this is why I bring on experts like Dr. Shauna so I can learn some things. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, we are going to get into uh, the love notes. Love notes with Dr. Pamela. Okay, so today's love note is brought to you by Wine Crawl Atlanta. Join us this Saturday, September 30th for a private wine tour via luxury transporta- transportation. Mm. You, we'll, be, we'll begin our journey at the W Hotel in Midtown and then board a luxury coach to visit wine bars and restaurants around the city, mixing, mingling, and tasting as we go. Go to Wine Crawl Atlanta on Facebook to register today. I did hear that tickets are sold out, but they've added another day. Which is November 11th So if for some reason you can't get in this Saturday I I, I highly recommend that you try For next uh, for November 11th I will be there Alright so the letter is Dear Dr. Pamela I truly struggle to find the motivation to exercise It's not just It's just not enjoyable to me And I dread the thought of it I see these people on social media <laughs> Who are all into it And seem to genuinely love it I don't get it Why would I want to go run in the heat, (laughs) get achy muscles, and exhaust myself when I can just chill on my couch? I know that sounds terrible. It really does, but that's just how I feel. How do I change that, Lachelle? I have to toss this one over to you, Dr. Shauna. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I have to say that I commiserate with this person because, yes, as much as I've done triathlon and I can't even count the number of miles that I've covered this year and so forth, I, too, would love to stay in bed in the morning and not get up at early hours. And I, too, would love to sit on the couch and do nothing. You know, of course, you know, we have that little bit of reservation when it comes to doing things. But, you know, here's the key. I think a lot of people feel forced into certain pigeonholes of types of activity and they never find what they truly love. Mm, So, you know, for example, I have a friend that really loves ballet. She probably will never run a mile. She probably will never get on a bike and running. You might as well forget it. But ballet is her love. And so if that's a physical activity that she truly loves and will motivate her to get up, then that's what I condone. And she has been committed to it. And so I I think the problem becomes we don't have any motivation and then later on we don't have we definitely don't have any discipline to keep going so Mm. find what you love doing and and stick to that i think that is a great a great example um great advice um ballet skating you know whatever it is canoeing whatever you gotta do when you row your arms what is that (laughs) you know kayaking something that will create some kind of physical activity i think that's again it goes back to that somehow in some way like finding what it is that helps support and serve you because again it's about making you happy Mm -hmm. and you feeling supported through your life so that you can show up in the in the best format of you so for me that's that's what i look and i think that's awesome yeah and whatever because it's about being active yes i think that's what it gets down to being active and 
to care for yourself. So yeah, I and I think people wonderful. miss that. There's a, there's a variety of ways to do that. There and is. if there's something that you're passionate about, so or, or some other area in your life that you want to improve, then maybe mix that with exercise. So if your relation, if you're in a relationship and you want to find more ways for the two of you to do things together, maybe the two of you um, join a dance class together or right. or something that will um, maybe make it a double benefit mm-hmm. in, in order to to do it. So no, I think that's great advice. I've actually, I've been thinking about doing ballet for a few years now, actually. So that's why I loved your example so much. <laughs> that's right. right. Well, and yeah. you know, even people that love certain areas, they can fall out of love with it too. Right. I mean, you know, I have friends that are multiple time marathoners who despise running at the moment because they just burnt themselves out. And so, yes. you know, mix it up a little bit and try something different. And, you know, going back to pushing yourself, you right. know, push yourself in a different direction. I love it. I love it. Great okay. Stuff. All oh. right. Well, when we come back, um, a couple more myths about transformation and um, stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the live exchange. We are in the second hour of the show. And wow, did the first hour go really fast. Um, so we've got even more great information that we're going to be talking to today. We're talking about self-discipline, competitive fitness, life transformation. And I have a fierce competitor on the phone. Um, and she's talking about um, her own journey. And uh, her name is Dr. Shauna Payne-Gold. She's an educator at the University of Maryland and founder of Shiro Athletics and sitting next to me is Danelle Porche and she is got some great insight too. I just learned she's a nurse. I did not know this. I know. So <laughs> Coming many fast. She has a lot, of, <laughs> a lot to bring to the table. So uh, we're going to go ahead and and can get into this or continue um, with this um, conversation about yeah. um, changing your life and life transformation. So we're talking about um, myths uh, about body uh, transformation, and um, another one uh, myth: I need to have a personal trainer with me, or I can't exercise properly. What do you What do you all think about that? Uh, <laughs> I would say that a lot of people need the personal trainer to motivate them, mm-hmm. but not necessarily to do things correctly. So okay. I'll give you a great example of this, and I hope this is okay as a shameless plug, but my <laughs> trainer, funny. my coach for my Ironman 70.3 was Robin Marion, who's the uh, founder and owner of Velvet and Steel Fitness in Waldorf, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And she actually has a mode of virtual training where she will create a virtual plan for you month by month, and mm-hmm. you follow that plan. Like so it. if she tells you, you know, this many uh, repetitions of that, then you do that two or three days a week. Um, and so she makes the plan very clear, and it really comes from an a internal motivation, not an external one. Right. She will know if you cheated or not based on what your body looks like the next time you see her. Your body um, will tell but, you. But, you know, I... Never oh, lies. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, you know, having that self-motivation to at least keep the process going. But I, I don't think you need a personal trainer to get it done. Yeah. Okay. I, I think some people need training on the nutritional. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, like the, 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 the point on that, absolutely. or at least for myself, I speak for myself. Yeah. No, I mean, that's why that's I'm actually discovered. the next one. I'm Understanding sorry. nutrition okay. is complicated okay. and best left to the experts. 
true or false, you know. And but so, but to your point, some people do need some information well, about nutrition. Well, yeah, because I, I just I have found in practice, and again, on even in my personal experience, where you know, what is it to eat, and what do I eat, and what is a balance? Mm-hmm. Because again, you know reality you have people who are not going to be you know um a mo explode where they're eating like vegan or vegetarian or you know or it's a consistency so how to find that balance for mm-hmm. yourself so that you get the ideal you know either if it's a weight or weight loss or the toning up or whatever so for me it's just like i feel like there there needs to be assistance mm-hmm. but eventually you know training you kind and of then, go off on your own yeah that. like get a foundation because many times we find that and this is just in everything we're going off of what we've been taught but then when you come aware to what it is that you need and um would like to do different mm-hmm. getting that support right so I, you know that- I, 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 I think so. I don't know. I think, you know what? The answer to that is we hire personal chefs who are aware of food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they handle right. all our food. We don't exactly. have to think about a thing. <laughs> exactly. Until I need to. Exactly. <laughs> now, Shauna, I've seen you um, post about, you know, the meal prep and how you, you know, can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's, it's a beautiful sight to see, but it looks like a whole lot of work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it is a good amount of work. Um, for me, I I have two little boys. I have a six-year-old and I have a three-year-old. And so truly, by the time I've worked out early in the morning, I've gone to work all day, they've had extracurricular activities and so forth, I'm walking in the door thinking, all right, please no, I'm not going to cook anything from scratch right now. <laughs> so, you know, for me, it really helps me to narrow down my choices. Okay. So I know that, you know, I'm going to have this particular meal for lunch for the next couple of days, or I know this dinner is already waiting. So it saves me both time and energy for my family, but also uh, not having to think about the bad choices <laughs> that are out there because there are a lot of bad choices. And the bad choices um, are so, so I, easy and, and cheap. Sorry. <laughs> the absolutely. Ba- yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And so, you know, during training, it was much tighter. But even before that, you know, I tried to have only one day out of the week that I actually ate out, you know, something else at at my dining hall or something else within uh, College Park when I'm at work. Um, But otherwise, I try to bring those in. And so for me, I do as much as I can on the weekend. So if I do all of my meat prep, for example, and then I throw together a salad on the side during the week, that saves me time, saves me money, definitely. Um, But that has worked tremendously for me. I have a question. Yeah. So with what it is that you have discovered for yourself and in balancing your life, does your family eat the same meals or are you actually prepping two types of meals, you know, for your family, for yourself so that you feel supported? Mm. So I'm just I'm curious. If you can give a quick answer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just throwing out there. Yeah. It's a great question. Do you have a quick answer? Should we should we do it when we come back? Yeah, let's do it when we come back. I got a little strategy for you. Okay, (laughs) all right. All right, we'll talk about that strategy when we come back on the live exchange. All right, welcome back to the live exchange. So right before the break, we had a question from Danelle, and it was, um, can you ask it again? So 
my question um, from our expert, because I'm getting this good stuff. How is it that you, is your family eating the prep that you are prepping for yourself? Is the foods, are they the same, the different, or are you preparing two different meals to support you through the week and in, in your um, transformation or, and, and maintaining your transformation? Right. So, yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, I have to say, I have to defer to my husband, Adam. He is the, the chef of the century. Um, so when it comes to a lot of my meat prep, so for example, if I know that I want grilled chicken a couple of days a week or if I want salmon or what have you, he'll throw that on the grill uh, over the weekend and I know that I have that there to portion along with my vegetables. So nice. that may be one big piece of the puzzle. Um, but the second piece, though, are a lot of the sides are crossover meals for, for the boys. So for example, I'm, I'm in that conundrum now where I have my oldest son who is picky about everything and my youngest son who will eat anything. And so always trying to please them. Yes. Um, so some of the crossover items that I do have, they actually both like. So sweet potatoes, white potatoes, for example, they love both of those. Um, when I'm prepping my fruit portions, because of course, even with fruit, fruit sounds like it's great, but too much of that can even be bad for you. Mm. So, you know, portioning out my fruit for myself and for them. So there are some portions of that that can be crossover meals for your family, but I'm not expecting them to eat, you know, everything that I eat. You know, I do protein shakes, for example, when I'm training. I'm not expecting them to do that. Mm. Um, but there are pieces to the puzzle that still apply to them. Yeah, that's cool. that's awesome. I, I love it. And, um, and and it's funny how you mentioned you got one kid who would eat anything and one who kid who won't eat anything. And, and I, I have the same dichotomy with my two kids. One will eat things that I wouldn't even dream of touching. He's so open-minded. I love it. And my daughter is just like... My daughter's like, ice, please. You know? <laughs> He's like, that's all you want to eat? Right. All right, all right. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah. So it's interesting when you're, when you're incorporating family into, you know, the equation. Yeah. Very interesting. So um, one other myth. Um, let's see. I don't have time to get in shape. What would your <laughs> response be to that? <sighs> Oh, goodness. I, I just want to take take this phone and throw it out the window when I hear that happen. Oh, You're my quite goodness. Busy. Yeah. Oh, so frustrating. And, you know, I would rather people say that they just choose not to make the time to do it. Truly. Right. Just, just say you don't want to do it. Because, yeah. you know, the reality is we now have, a matter of fact, I was just talking about this with my training partner this morning at the gym. There are gyms that are 24 hours. They are open yes. 24 hours a day. Yes. You can pay to be a member of those gyms. And, oh, by the way, if you don't want to pay your money to be a member of those gyms, outdoors is always available. <laughs> 24 years. I'm 20, like, yes. come on, unbelievably. <laughs> People can find pockets of time to do what they want to do when they, when they want to. This is true. Oh. This is true. I agree. I agree. And I know that, um, and for me, um, my time has gotten tighter than it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. The gym that I go to, I love the gym that I go to, but it's probably about a good 15-minute drive from my house, which normally that's not too bad. But right. then I think about the drive back, that's 30 minutes, and it is just when I have a, an early meeting, it's like, oh, you know. So what I've done, instead of making the excuse that I can't sacrifice that extra half hour just for the commute alone, is I'll just, okay, well, then I've got to do my workout at home in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I, just, I'm not going to give myself that excuse because I had been for, you know, a good month or so. Like, well, no, I, I you know, I can't lose that time and go all the way to the gym and all the way back. Well, you don't have to go to the gym. <laughs> well, here's my question. Uh, that's just how so. What if it's a situation where, and I, I like putting out scenarios, <laughs> where it's someone who they 
it might not be where they don't want to do it, but has fallen into a form of a depression mm. or, you know, can't manage to um, just get out of the rut. So my my question to you in your training process, have you ever had that experience and what did you or how did you usher your way back into where you're training? Cause I know where it's like we've shared before where it's not a continuous thing, you know, it's seven months on a training and then again, taking maybe some time off and walking away and doing, doing other than training, but keeping a maintenance. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is how, how did have you handled those type of experiences to those who might be you know suffering from a form of depression like they can't they can't move yeah um i'm I'm, I'm curious yeah oh that's that's a great question it's huge and especially now this is perfect timing for it because a lot of people have seasonal depression as well Mm -hmm. so as soon as we start start getting into those shorter days where it's you know it's dark when you get up in the morning it's dark when you get off work and you know it's just not helpful for us to only have a certain number of daylight hours so I get what you're saying there um for me personally I had major depression after my grandfather passed Mm. so um and I was kind of going through this weird space of I became a runner after my first son but before my second son and so I knew I was going to have a certain amount of downtime uh when I gave birth to my son but within that same time frame my grandfather passed when my son was 11 days old and still in NICU and so my one and only outlet I used to joke you know uh, other than eating and drinking the only other thing I can do is work out and I can't even do those three Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. so for me, it was uh, trying to see that little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, my youngest son, two weeks after he was born, I took a walk. And I said, okay, I'm just going to push him in the stroller and walk for 15 minutes and see how I feel. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do it, didn't even like doing it. After I did it, I was still like, I just want to go sit down somewhere. And so now my rule is kind of that 15-minute rule. Even the mornings when you don't feel like it, get up and just do something for 15 minutes. Mm. Many times you can work your way out of it within the 15 minutes, but even if you don't work your way out of it and you go back and lay back down or sit down or what have you, you've at least gotten that 15 minutes in. So it's it's very much an incremental process. And I I love that because I think what's key is the routine. You know, it it doesn't matter what you do, but if you can just – get yourself in that routine Mm -hmm. you know and and like you said maybe it won't knock you out of the depression in that 15 minute period um you know for the moment um but but that consistency is eventually going to yield something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know if you give it time and just keep doing it what i what i'm enjoying hearing is just the attempt Mm -hmm. you know because some people think or i have thought in past where i have to do 45 minutes like i do an hour yeah but just simply 15 if it's 10 if that's the only thing that you can do you did something for that day and it was intentional you did it on purpose right you know i have to get out of the bed i have to attempt so i think that's wonderful thank you and i think what i found is that the body craves more um, you know, over time anyway, the body Absolutely. just wants more. And so you're eventually going to do more. So don't be too hard on yourself if you're only doing 15 minutes or you're, you know, because that is, that's exactly how I started. Um, and I've always been athletic, but there was a time where I'm not in a sport. So now I've got to actually, I don't have a coach that's going to penalize me if I'm not at practice, you know? <laughs> so I had to figure out my own self-discipline and that's what I did. I started with 20 minutes walking on the treadmill every day and it just increased and, in, you know, that's over so time. Awesome. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Oh. Um, okay. We're going to get and, into, and I would oh. say too, I would say just adding on to that really quickly, what happened, 
happens is that your motivation ends up becoming your routine. So a great example of that, for example, no, I I, I love to eat, okay? I really do. I love to eat, but I made a lot of sacrifices with nutrition while I was training for my big race. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been two weeks now, and I still find myself in my routine of going to the grocery store, buying some of the same things that I ate while I was training, because now it's more than just a a fad or, you know, any of that. It's now a routine. So, yeah, I still Mm -hmm. eat my salads, even though I'm not training for anything right now. Um, So once you start building on that, that incremental starting point, it, it will become habit, a good habit. Right, mm. right. I love it. I feel like it's All like right. embrace has been incorporated into your like this is your life now. I think yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think we exactly. just love we love patterns and regularity and knowing, you know, what's coming next. Right. So all right, we're gonna go to um trending topics. Lack of diversity. Gas prices. Michael Clark. Trending topics. Okay, so the last the first hour we had about five trending trending topics to talk about and I got to one and that was <laughs> that was the one about um the, the president um chastising the athletes for their um and i do want to come back to that but but um the first one is um north korea um accusing donald trump of declaring war on the country and um saying that they might shoot down u.s warplanes flying around the korean peninsula and now so this comes after a tweet he loves tweeting um i'm gonna do a study on these tweets i promise you i'm gonna go through and just do uh, some kind of analysis the time of day what's going yes, on what was please. the focus you want to do this with me <laughs> absolutely okay because i'm so <laughs> serious time what do you say even the timing of them. Sometimes I think he just wakes up in the middle of the night and starts tweeting. So I want to know if he has like this average number of tweets at midnight. Yeah, I think there's a phenomenon behind it. And I want to know like what's going on. And, you know, we can use some kind of mental health thing as a as the theoretical framework because there's some kind of <laughs> keyword. You said mental health. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> so okay. But anyway, um, so there was some kind of t- there was a tweet that he sent. And I, and I don't have it verbatim in front of me. I should have clicked on the link. But um, I, but it was to the extent that you know we're going to destroy North Korea and um, you know and they basically translated that as that was a threat of war and we are in war zone now you know and according to you know that's there we are in the mindset of war now because you have just threatened to destroy us Um, so I, you know, I it, it it is an un. We'll see how the saga unfolds. For me, it's like it's two narcissistic people because we, yes. we we know we've seen the characteristics of the the leader of the world in North in Korea. North Korea, uh-huh. and I'm just like. I, it's yes. just like there's no there's no down it's like meeting of male to male like just ego it's yeah, ego it's at play right now on, yeah on t- steroids <laughs> something i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know how it's gonna come yeah down. yeah mm-hmm. So it's also been reported that Jay-Z, uh, for those of you who don't know, he's a rapper. Um, he's recently turned down an offer to perform at the upcoming Super Bowl in February, which will be here in Atlanta, by the way. I need to get my house on Airbnb. No <laughs> way. Um, exactly. But yeah, so um, he's turned down an offer to perform at the upcoming Super Bowl. And um, speculations are that it may, and I don't like to speculate, but this is a speculation. So I do want to highlight that. Okay. We do not know this is a fact, but that it may have to do with the blackballing of Colin Kaepernick um, and so he doesn't want to support the NFL in, you know in, in what's going on with the kneeling versus the standing and 
that whole debate. Did did you happen to catch the town hall last night meeting on CNN? I, in, I'm I'm I okay. can't. Okay, but okay. I get, okay. <laughs> I can only okay. read the news these days. I like I just can't. But, okay. but what 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 did I miss? No, it was just interesting. They had a they had a panel. It was four, these and I, I don't know all the names. Mm-hmm. So I did I didn't know Spike Lee. Spike Lee was up Spike there. Lee was, oh, sounds the, like yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was um, two football. Um, Ex NFL players, yeah. So okay. one was a reverend, another one he's you know active in, and then it was the guy who had did the meetup with Col- uh, Kaepernick. Okay, the gen- was it the general? The, the he's a the green beret. Um, the green beret. Okay. He was there. He was there. Yeah, it was really, and it See, was really good. I should turn the TV on. Well, it was really good. I just happened, like mm-hmm. I said, I had gotten home like around eleven. It uh-huh. was late, you know. Because I don't catch up on much TV, but it was interesting to see the dialogue that took place and where I feel like it's necessary. And they even had active NFL players that were satellite in and their view and, and, wow. and sharing their experience as to what it is and the reasons for themselves as why they're taking a knee yeah. or they're standing in solidarity or whichever act is going on during the national anthem. And it was just it was an interesting dialogue because there was also another person that was there, a wife of an NFL player. Mm-hmm. An event had happened, and it, and um, in regards to him being violated as far as the police officers and they they tried to correct things behind closed doors and it was one of those things where they still never got the initiative or the push they still got the doors closed and they're just like what do we do Uh and it's just like well now you need to be vocal about it right so it was just so many different perspectives that were being shared and i was just like it was special to hear because the one of the things that the green beret and i'm sorry i can't remember his name he was just like i'm earnestly trying to listen Right. And do my best to understand the other person's side. And he was just like, one of the things, and I'm paraphrasing. His name is Nate Boyer, by the way. Nate Boyer. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of the things he said, I'm doing my best to listen. And again, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not saying exactly how he said, but to listen and do my best to understand the other person's perspective. Because that is one of the main things that I don't see We're in general that. that's being seen. So I just, I thought yeah. it was very enlightening. I'm sure they'll play it again, but it's, it's, yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that we are lacking in, in listening skills severely. And, um, and and it's really about, I, I feel what I, and I can't tell you how many times I've seen this. I feel what I feel and that's what, that's it. And it's just story. like, there's no other experience that other people may be having. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like that's where, um, the misc and it's, it's again, they keep repeating saying it's not about disrespect. It's not that about disrespect and people being so solid mm-hmm. in their belief in their view. And it's just like, where's the compassion? Yeah. Where is the, the understanding? Where is the love to be able to see beyond, you know, just, just, yeah. Um, another experience that somebody may be having. Right. That there's some validity to that experience. Right. I, I just saw a, a picture of a Georgia Tech cheerleader. Um, she was kneeling during the the national anthem and um and it and it I just thought, you know, has anybody looked at like this Georgia Tech cheer, cheerleader or these other players to say why why are they kneeling and what's going on? And, and and for those of you who have forgotten, yes, a lot of people have joined in because of what Donald Trump said this weekend, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in to stand up against him. Um, but I think it's important for us to remember that the reason why this began was because of the um, racism and discrimination and the police brutality that's happened. And so the movement and, and if and if it means bringing in other people who are angry with Donald Trump to stand for this movement against racism and police brutality, so be it. Well, I welcome you in, but I need you guys to understand that this is where it began and this is what.
But, you know, while there are many issues on the table, mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to lose sight of the issue of police brutality against um, against, uh, you know, people of color. So, Sean, Dr. Sean, do you have anything to add? I know we're just yeah. talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I, I think that the flag is a huge diversion. You yeah, know, I, I, I think agree. that. Taking a knee is a huge diversion, and I think we really need to get back to the issue because, um, you know, I've heard it said more than once that everyone is in outrage uh, at the kneeling, but no one is in outrage about the reasons behind the kneeling. Yeah. And I think that's where we haven't done a whole lot of complex thinking, conversations, mm-hmm. or dialogue about any of those issues. Let's get to the root cause of it. Yeah. And that's what uh, was so beautifully stated by one of the current NFL. And again, I'm not a football player, but he was just like, and, you know, I'm, I have stated my what it is I'm looking because of why I'm taking a knee. Mm-hmm. He was just like, you know, these are the reasons why I didn't. And he listed them from one, two, three. And again, I don't want to butcher what he shared, mm-hmm. but it was like, this is what I'm requesting. This okay. is what I'm standing for, you know, or, or taking a knee for. And I and, think that's what people are asking for. What it, What's being requested. And I think mm-hmm. what we're missing nowadays, um, it, it, unlike what we had in the past is we had that one leader. Oh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, you know, you know, we had these icons and we don't see that now. However, I would I would venture to say that that we do have those leaders and Mm -hmm. um, and and, but we're so divided in who we want to follow and why. And when other people come to the table, what are they here for? Um, There's so much division that that it's going to be very difficult for us to move forward with one agenda until we can figure out how to resolve these divisions. Yeah. So. All right. And well, Dr. Pamela, yes. I, I would agree, too. I mean, we have those leaders, but remember, Dr. King, Ma- Malcolm X, all of them were controversial in their time, and Absolutely. not everyone was with them as, as they say they are now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, isn't it Very amazing nice what happens over time? Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and today we are talking about life transformation, sculpting the body, taming the mind. Give us a call, 678-613-5857, or you can text that same number, 678-613-5857, or leave us a message on Facebook Live, and we will respond. Even if you leave a message after we're done broadcasting, we'll respond then as well. I have with me Danelle Porche sitting next to me and Dr. Shauna Payne Gold. Gold. Oh, I keep calling you Gold. I don't know. Because <laughs> you got goals. That's why. <laughs> you go. <laughs> She's got goals. Okay. And so, um, so we are, one of the things I'd like to talk about is self-esteem. And I know it sounds obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You work out, you feel good about yourself, and you've got high self-esteem. But I would like to talk about it. I want to make sure that we actually um, deal with it. Um, and so one, according to Healthy Living, um, uh, there are many ways exercise can increase your self-esteem. Um, and But here are some specific ways that it can help your self-esteem. So okay. lifting weights has been found to lower anxiety, mm. which is interesting. Um, aerobic classes can improve mental positivity. Tai Chi can increase a person's feeling of self-worth. And um, the reason behind the phenomenon of self-esteem, um, bo- you know, why it boosts self-esteem, those are still being investigated. Um, and, you know, they, they, we've heard a lot about endorphins and, and mm-hmm. how we can have a, a rush of endorphins when we are doing certain activities and exercise is one of them. But I thought it was really interesting how these specific exercises can, you know, lead to um, these different types of benefits. Um, any thoughts about that um, with regards to self-esteem and exercise? 
Well, I think it's funny, Dr. Pamela, that I'm, <laughs> there was an article that was posted, this was a few months ago, and I don't know if it was facetious or actually empirical data that they were working with, Uh-oh. but they were talking about the uh, the narcissistic level of self-esteem that, <laughs> that active people have. Uh-huh. And I thought it was so fascinating because I think we do have a good, healthy amount of self-esteem, but what yeah. exactly makes it narcissistic, I'm not quite sure. Maybe oh. it's the assumption that people will actually be interested in, oh, we lifted 15 pounds today. I don't know, but That's I good. just think it's interesting that, you know, for some of us, it took confidence just to get up and get out of bed this morning, mm-hmm. you know, much less take a selfie and look cute, okay? Right. So, you know, <laughs> how, how much, you know, to what level of self-esteem do you have and where does it come from would be my next question. But it's interesting you say that because it was actually one of the questions I was going to ask initially. We had another guest that was going to be on the show and mm-hmm. he couldn't make it. Um, and I, I was actually going to ask him because he does bodybuilding and he often takes pictures of his body as he's progressing mm. and post them, you know, so he'll post a, you know, you know, look what I, he didn't, he didn't actually, there's no caption. It's just, you know, just show the me. progress. <laughs> <laughs> and, show and I was going to ask that question, actually, what is the line between narcissism? I had that exact word in my wording. <laughs> what is the line between narcissism and, and just really being proud of, of what you've been accomplishing <sighs> in, in, you know, as you're progressing and you're transforming, we are in a social media world now. So everything we do is documented. So, so what, what is that line? Well, you know, I think some of it is, and I can't wait to hear hear from our other co-hosts over there, too, but what, <laughs> what I'm thinking about is, you know, when you're starting this process, I think, you know, you have a particular view of yourself. So, for example, everyone is biased in their own way concerning their own bodies. So, mm-hmm. for me, even to this moment after losing that amount of weight, I still see myself quite differently. Mm-hmm. When I go into a store, I immediately go to the extra large end <laughs> because mm-hmm. I forget that, oh, I'm probably actually a medium in that, for example. And so yeah. you see yourself in a particular way. And I think it's helpful, uh, number one, to keep track of your progress, of course, because that keeps you motivated. Absolutely. But then, two, what's the intention of all these posts? You mm. know, I say it all the time. Um, when I look at the captions of folks' pictures, I want to know that they're posting it because they want to be an encouragement to someone else versus, mm-hmm. here I am at the gym once again, look at me. I'm better than That's you. That's quite different. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. From, from what other people may choose to say. I, I hope it's an encouragement to others, but it may not be. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. I mean, like yesterday, I posted some pointless posts because I thought my face was cute. I was like, ooh, my makeup was but cute. But you know what? I saw and it. So- <laughs> it was cute. It really was. And I, and so, it was but, beautiful. But Thank you. Exactly. It was. <laughs> but there's a level of guilt like, God, you know, I know somebody's looking at this like, what? What? who cares? You know? And, and yeah. I think, I, I, you know, for me, it's like, don't live your life. If your life is social media that's mm-hmm. one thing right right but if i can get a sneak preview to what it is that you do in your daily affairs uh, then i'm just like okay i think uh-huh. that's the fine right, line between right. feeding that ego mm, that narcissism good. but it's just like you know because for me i look at social media as a snippet of my life right i don't want to, to be all of my life because we i hear about the catfish and stuff like that it was one post i said what you see right here is me. Like I want the whole essence of me. So right. I, I feel like that's, it's a fine line, but it's, it really gets down to intention. Yes. And is there a purpose? Because I know on some um, retrospect or insight, 
I don't think everything should be posted. I mean, that's another thing, too. Right. Like, it's like, I know that we have the different social medias, but Twitter, for example, I'm just not going to tweet throughout my day about what I'm doing all the time yeah. because there's a point where you're not living. Yeah, and I feel like good. there's a point that you're trying to prove versus actually just living your life. Yeah. So I feel like that's where that balance is, where you're feeding into ego and then you're feeling, you know, feeding into your spirit and, and just enjoying yourself or narcissism. Or it's, you need validation. You're hungry for that validation from I mean, you audience. have to be really mindful yeah. of that because yeah. again the only thing that you, who's validating you is you right. and i mean be, and yeah. you can you can finally like just plop right on down into that external validation i can i can see that happen yeah you know? and, and in all fairness validation from your loved ones your immediate circle cool yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's great but when it's a hunger for i just i you know and you have a lot of people that are doing that yeah like they don't have a fulfilling life whatever that looks like and if you're okay with your life that's fine but it's again there has been a disconnect to mm-hmm. where no this is my life right. and it can be a complete portrayal or difference than what it is that you're actually living yes so you have people doing yes. it and oh, I'm just yeah, like absolutely. yo I see it I'm like wait a minute now <laughs> that's not who I know <laughs> exactly <laughs> I don't remember like, that I don't recall that Dr. So. Shana really didn't run a um do an Iron Man she didn't do that it was <laughs> fake she just put some fake pokes oh uh, I saved that whole thing girl all of it <laughs> exactly all so, of it you know I think it should be but a people do that mm. and, and that is kind of um problematic <laughs> Um, no, so, so one of the things that I wanted to, to jump into, though, um, you had mentioned the difference between motivation and discipline. Um, and I would love to hear your thoughts, um, Dr. Mm-hmm. Shauna, on the difference between motivation and discipline. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, just, you know, to give you all a little more of my journey for those that don't follow me on social media, um, for me, yeah, it, it took a lot of discipline. You know, it takes about, for us, it took about six days out of the week of training. Uh, many of those days were double workouts, so you weren't mm-hmm. just running today, you were lifting weights and running. You were swimming and cycling. You were, you know, doing a couple of things each day. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I wanted to make my story so public on social media was simply because there are a lot of people who choose not to do that. And that's fine. That's mm-hmm. their preference. But it seems like, once again, people wake up in the morning and decide, oh, I'm just going to run out and do an Ironman. I'm going to do a half Ironman, a <laughs> 70.3. That is not at all how it works. And for me, I wanted to show the entire process of, you know, I just came from running a 5K to getting to that point. And so the discipline piece of it is extremely important. Waking up every morning at 4 o'clock in the morning, six days a week for seven months, no, that's not pleasant. Let me just be clear. (laughs) It's not pleasant. So, you know, when you get to that point where, no, there's nobody waking you up. My my trainer was not there shaking me out of my bed at 4 o'clock in the morning to get up. You have to find that intrinsic motivation to get yourself up when no one else is going to get you up. And possibly no one else will be there but you. Yeah. And being very okay with that. And so I think a lot of us get really pumped up by, you know, our speeches and YouTube and everything else. But the reality is the magic happens when the discipline comes. That's when, no, I don't feel like getting up. Like people always say, oh, I I commend you for getting up so early. You know, I just can't do it. I hate getting up that that early. And I'm thinking to myself, do you think I love getting up at (laughs) four o'clock in the morning? (laughs) But, you know, the the discipline piece, when, when people start working out, and I don't mean to be shady by any stretch of the imagination, but 
you know how committed people are when they get past that first couple of weeks, that first couple of months, and you can tell what their commitment mm-hmm. level is because yeah. it's cute in the beginning, mm-hmm. but how do you respond when it's not cute anymore and you don't have another new outfit to wear to get you motivated <laughs> to go to the gym and nobody's going to meet you there at that time because you got to work out at a different time because you got to pick up the kids after school. Right. What happens when right. it's not pretty and not pleasant anymore? Are you still showing up? Mm. Uh, that is good. so good. Yes. Oh. That is really good. <laughs> So good. Oh, well, I, hate, I hate to come off of that because that was that was some good stuff. But we have got to talk about some research. Mm, very nice. Okay, so for the second hour, our research is um, looking at why fit women have much better sex. So, <laughs> back to that sex thing. Yes, <laughs> gotta talk about sex. Brought to you by Red Door Consulting. As I mentioned before, Red Door, Cons- Red Door Consulting is a boutique management consulting firm, and they have a lot of different services that they offer to help build your business. And if your business is already built, to take you to the next level. So contact Red Door Consulting. It's at uh, www.reddoorconsulting. The number eight. Okay, so this study comes out of Women's Health um, and uh, written by uh, Cindy Kuzma. And basically, she's talking about the different ways in which exercise um, can boost your sex life. Now, I've heard, of course, we've heard about this before, but I wanted to get some actual factual information about what that looks like. Um, Sex and exercise run along parallel with cardiovascular, muscular and neurological pathways, which is why they set off similar chain reactions. Until recently, however, experts were less clear on how much those paths crossed. So over the past few years, researchers have made some important discoveries about the body and brain connections of sex and exercise. So according to Tina Pinhollow, Dr. Tina Pinhollow, being physically active seems to be a potent aphrodisiac for women. Um... And, in fact, regular exercise may play a more important role in sexual satisfaction than many other factors, including stress, weight, or your current relationship status or lack thereof. So exercise is pretty major. So here are some ways in which exercise uh, enhances our sexual lifestyles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Number one, it boosts focus. So, um, <laughs> all too, yeah, so all too common, he's kissing on your neck, she's kissing on your neck, but you're thinking about that major work deadline. You're not focused. Oh. So exercise can help sink your mind and your body as well as your, as quiet your racing brain so that you can focus on the task at hand. This so interesting. Focus. 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 focus all right. Number two, accelerates, wow. <laughs> accelerates arousal. So studies have shown that women who frequently exercise become aroused more quickly and are able to orgasm faster and more intensely. Huh. So yes. I wonder if that's you're more focused. <laughs> well, it's uh, possibly because you're more focused. <laughs> there's some, yes, I think there's a relationship there. Cardio, but and they're saying because cardiovascular exercise can help pump blood faster to the right parts of your body and it can also reduce chronic inflammation which can damage blood vessels de- decrease circulation and putting a damper on sexual bliss so mm. so yes so number three it builds stronger pipes so a healthy <laughs> a healthy pair of lungs helps express your elation with more gusto um, and you'll have a lot more to scream about if you learn to control your breath. 
<laughs> How many of you would have thought of that? So, wow. <laughs> so partners who breathe in tandem may create a bigger buildup, which can increase and intensify pleasure. Hmm. So, um, and women who take short, quick breaths as they reach climax, rather than holding their breath, may reduce carbon monoxide in the in the blood, possibly intensifying vaginal contractions. So, those short, quick breaths. <laughs> I'm like, note to self. <laughs> yes. Now, this, this is great information for it all is. the swimmers that I know that I'm always telling them not to hold their breath ah. and to take shorter breaths. That, that's right up that alley. This is good. So there's an added benefit then if they, right. you know, take it from the pool. Um, yoga can reduce carbon dioxide in the blood and intensify. Oh, I read. I said yoga can help women focus on their breathing. So mm-hmm. yoga is a really good exercise for this. Are we are we close to break? Is that why I'm hearing music? Yeah, we are. Okay, so I'll I give. Saw it. I'll, 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 I'll give the other ones like really quick. Revs up your lib- libido. It enhances the in the sack endurance. So now you can last longer. Mm. It gets you feeling sexier. I know that for sure. I don't care what I look like, but after I leave the gym, I feel sexy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Lightens your mood. Helps shed inhibitions. So you're not as, you know, guarded. You're free. mm. And then it makes you more sensitive. And we don't mean crying during the sex. The tissue that forms. Can we say this on the radio? The, the clitoris. Okay, I just said it. Um, the tissue that forms it contains eight thousand nerve fibers that extend to the entire pelvic region, including the vaginal walls. Um, they found that physical activity was able to prime a woman's body for sexual activity by making her more sensitive to touch and increasing the efficacy of stimuli in that area. Y'all better get to work. How many of y'all knew this? <laughs> get to work. Wow. Find your training. Yes. Get it together. Right. Exactly. Get it together. All right. And I won't ask you, Shauna, about your sex life. Don't worry. I'm, I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> well, hey, I have two small children, so that so changes there's some all evidence. of what you just said Something right has now. happened. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, so we're getting close to the end, and, and I, I know, I mean, it's, this has been such a great show, and I love having Dr. Shauna on the show. I would love for you to come to Atlanta at some point and be in the studio with us. Hopefully, you can, we can make we that happen. We have got to work that out. Yes, got we have to. to. We have to. So I do want, I, I feel like we cannot leave the show without you talking a little bit about your, um, the, the swimming and, and getting black people to swim, and, and I really wanted to spend more time on that, but can you speak to that? Absolutely. You know, I think that the big challenge, and I'll, I'll give you an example of this, uh, the big challenge has been, of course, the elephant in the room, hair. Uh, hair. Uh-huh. Nobody wants to deal with the hair. Um, and way. even when it comes down to little girls taking swim lessons, I always notice that there are more little boys, even, even African-American little boys, taking swim lessons than girls. Mm. And so I think that's one of our biggest challenges in that area. Wow. Um, also, too, the data also tells us that, you know, the, the more parents that we have who are non-swimmers means that we have more children who are non-swimmers because yes. we perpetuate this idea of fear around water. Mm. And I cannot say that I'm exempt from that. that that was me just a few years ago. And so I think between hair and fear, those are our two biggest issues around swimming. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I mean, I don't love that. But, I mean, the way you articulated it, um, hair and fear, you know, it's just, um, it sounds like a book title. I'm sorry. Hair and fear. <laughs> that is. Write it down. Write it down. Write it write down. That down. <laughs> Somebody write it down. <laughs> That's good. Right, right. Yeah. So you've been doing a lot of work to try to remedy that in um, among 
black women and men. I, I heard you say that you, you you were speaking to a group of young black men in college, and you asked how many of them can swim, and there were maybe two of them who raised their hands? Yeah, yes. Right. So the office where I work actually has a program called the College Success Scholars, which lends itself to getting uh, undergraduate students, uh, male students of color, getting them acclimated to campus. And I went down, like I do every year, to greet them and meet them. And, you know, of course, introducing a female into a male space, you have to be quick, go ahead and say what you're going to say and leave, because, you know, Mm -hmm. it is sacred space for them. Yes. Um, And so... You know, when I brought it up, you know, they they raised hands and only two of them out of oh, almost 50, wow. only two knew how to swim. Oh, that's so... That is... That is, you know, for me personally, that's foreign because I took to... Was it fish to water? You water. fish to the water? Yeah. yeah. I loved water. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so my mother got me involved and my brother in swim lessons. That's now, great. my dad didn't know how to swim, yeah. but, you know, I just... Wow. Uh, yeah, that's... It's so much fun in the water. It's a life skill, like she said, like Dr. Shauna said. It's a life skill. And um, it's really um, sad that, you know, we've got to fix this. And I'm so glad that you're you're speaking out on that. Um, So before we go, I want to find out how we reach you. I know um, on Instagram, it's it's uh, Shiro Athletics. Is that correct? Or? Yes. Okay. Shiro Athletics on Instagram. Um, if you all want to email me directly, it's Shauna, S-H-A-U-N-N-A, at ShiroAthletics.com. Mm. All right. Well, final thoughts. Um, I just wanted to close out with a quote from Napoleon Hill. What a different story people would have to tell if they only would adopt a definite purpose and stand by that purpose until it had time to become an all-consuming obsession. Now, this type of a session is so deeply rooted in purpose that there's no peace until that purpose is actualized. The thoughts, images, and feelings surrounding our purpose consume us. It's about giving our all, not merely because we're inspired, but because the work has to be done. Inspiration may be the trigger that gets us started, but obsession is what keeps us going. It's what happens when we pour our hearts and our souls into our children, our education, our fitness, our careers, and even a new exciting idea. We don't just do it because it feels good, because often it does not. We do it because we can't not do it, even when the task at hand seems to be the impossible that from my upcoming book so thank you so much for tuning into the live exchange thanks for joining us shauna thanks for being here danelle we where we exchange we exchange compelling dialogue around love politics and intellect join Mm -hmm. us next thursday from 11 to 1 right here on the sensation station where i'll be joined by two scholar psychologists who will tackle racial and gender bias Mm -hmm. dr bentley gibson and dr jillian watley i'm dr pamela and here's dr or dr danelle hey (laughs) She's doctor for today. She's talking that into <laughs> And remember, love yourself to life. Dance confidently in the dark and dream wildly unrealistic dreams. Have a wonderful week. What's